Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. G'day, travel hackers. Today is our first international episode. Our featured guest is Rohit Gupta from Points HQ, who practices the beautiful art of travel hacking from down under in Sydney, Australia. I know the vast majority of you who are listening right now are probably American and wondering, is this episode even worth listening to? Yes, because you know, as well as I do, that you learned way more about how the English language works by studying French or Spanish than by reading Shakespeare. Similarly, you are going to learn a ton about travel hacking availabilities and opportunities in the U.S. as Rohit and I do a compare and contrast between travel hacking in America versus Australia. You will also get to hear the story of a ridiculous rewards redemption that got him a completely free, as in no cash or points had to be paid out, business class ticket to Japan. Enjoy! Hello, Rohit. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hi, Julia. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so excited to have you today. You are our first international guest that we're having on the podcast. So it is early morning for you in Australia while over here it's Friday night for me in the U.S. So it's so cool that we get to talk about travel hacking all around the world because most of the time everybody thinks it's just an American thing. And most of my knowledge is just U.S.-based tips and tricks so I'm so excited to hear about how does travel hacking even work on the other side of the world? Yeah. Firstly, thank you very much for having me. And uh, since you say I'm your first international guest, so I guess no pressure then. Oh, yeah, none at all. <laughs> Look, uh, travel hacking is, is not anywhere sort of similar to what you guys have in US. I think the the the, the just in terms of opportunities, it's like nowhere else. Maybe Canada comes a little bit close, but, but you know, we do what we can. We're a small country, only 25 million people. So you can imagine it's not a huge market. We don't have, uh, the Australian market isn't flush with multiple players competing for business like US where you have Amex, Chase, Capital One, City. Our market is pretty much just Amex. City, City do have a presence here, but they're not very competitive. So you don't have any of the chase cards, which is what I would say more than 50% of content for travel hacking generated in the United States is talking about Chase Sapphire Preferred, Chase Sapphire Reserve, Chase Freedom cards. You guys don't have any of those in Australia? Unfortunately, we don't. I personally do have some U.S. cards because I used to live and work in U.S. at one point. So I have access to the U.S. cards, but no, they're not offered in the Australian market. I see. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. How did you even get into travel hacking? Did you hear about this when you did live in the U.S.? No, I, I left U.S. ages ago and honestly I had no clue back then. I only got started about four years ago and it was up until then I was just, you know, doing a little bit of traveling, bit just economy. I had, hadn't even seen what business class cabin looks like from inside. And then one day my wife just said to me, hey, why, why don't you look at this card and you can earn, I think, 
that but the card that she mentioned earns um, what we call in Australia flybys points. In Australia, you obviously have the credit card points and the airline points, but then the big supermarkets here also have their own currency. And those, and if you earn, and if you shop with them, earn those points, then you can transfer those points to to uh, to their airline partners. So she just said, "Hey, look, we we do a bit of traveling, and you know, um, if you look at this card, we can we can earn some uh, some points since we we shop here all the time." That's the first time she mentioned. I really didn't really pay much attention, and then I think uh, about six or twelve months later, I stumbled upon another blog. A points blog. Uh, I think it's called Point Hacks. They are one of the big, very big players here in Australia, and that was my real start uh, with with points and miles. And I just got hooked, as as you know, <laughs> it's addictive. Uh, once you've tasted the, the 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 luxuries and and everything that points and miles can offer you, which you otherwise wouldn't be able to afford if you were paying cash. It's hard to go back, so that that's how I got started. Very interesting. So you got started with this grocery points program that you could transfer to airline miles. Is that what the flyby card is? That's correct. Okay, what kind of points earnings do you get? Because in the United States, for example, the Amex Gold would get four x points for grocery stores, or the Chase Freedom Unlimited or Chase Freedom Flex would get five points per dollar spent for grocery stores for the first year. Do you earn something close to that for grocery spend in Australia? Well, we do earn something close. So the Amex cards here, uh, they earn you three points per dollar at, at supermarkets. But the problem is that the conversion isn't one-to-one like you have in US. It's two-to-one. However, like I said, because all the big supermarkets here have their own loyalty programs as well. So what people normally do is when they you know finish their shopping and they go and pay for the groceries, they first scan the card, which is actually uh, relevant to where you're shopping. So for instance, the two two big supermarkets in Australia are Coles and Woolworths. So if I was shopping at Coles, when I'm paying for my groceries, I would actually scan my flyby cards first, then I will pay with my Amex card. So I'm earning, so I'm stacking basically, I'm earning flybys points, plus my Amex points. And those flyby points, I can then later on transfer to, for example, Coles are partners with Virgin Australia. So if I was earning flybys, I'll transfer them to flyby uh, to, to Virgin. Similarly, if I was shopping at uh, Woolworths, which is the other big player, they uh, th- their currency is called rewards points. Um, and if you were shopping there, then you can transfer those rewards points to Qantas. So you earn with your card once, and then you also earn with the grocery program. I see. So it's not like the grocery store is issuing their own credit cards. It's more like membership points for shopping at that grocery store, which you can then stack with the credit card points. The grocery stores do have their own cards, but I mean, you either pay with their card or with the Amex. So you can only earn, you know, one type of points, unfortunately. And uh, the earning rate with the grocery store's own cards isn't as good as Amex. So what you would find is most people, they scan their uh, the grocery card loyalty program card, uh, sorry, the grocery uh, loyalty program card, and then the Amex card. Some people might use the grocery, uh, you know, the supermarket's own card to pay, but I, I would I would like to say that they are in minority. 
I see. Okay. As far as generating and earning your points just from day-to-day spend, does most of that come from stacking from grocery stores or does it come from another large pot of expense category for you guys of how you earn your points? Yeah. So fuel is another big earner. Once again, if you pay with your Amex card, you earn the same three points per dollar. But then the two big airlines in Australia, which is Virgin Australia and Qantas, they both have their own fuel partners. So if you if you pay if you buy fuel at those uh, petrol stations, then once you can earn on your Amex card, and then once you can earn with uh, with airline card. So that's pretty good. And I I was thinking about it the other day. I know you guys uh, have like four x five x for gas in in US, but I was just thinking, and I was thinking, and and I thought maybe the the earnings on fuel in Australia isn't as bad. What what tends to happen is, for instance, BP. Uh, I'm sure you got BP uh, gas stations in US as well. BP are partners with Qantas. You're part of the BP Rewards program. You can earn Qantas points that way. Plus, you earn points on your Amex card. On top of that, every two weeks these fuel retailers, they send out uh, bonus promotions. So for instance, the one I had last week was, um, what was it? I think it was something like uh, if you spend $30 on fuel, then you can earn an extra 1,000 bonus points. These types of promotions go on for the whole year. So if you are like, if, if you're really sincere and if you if you know what you're doing, you can earn a ton of points on fuel as well. So fuel and grocery both are pretty big earners. How many points per dollar would you typically earn on fuel? So I would earn three Amex points. Then I would also earn two Qantas points per liter on petrol. So I would definitely earn three plus two, five. And then the fortnightly bonus promotions I mentioned, you can easily earn another five to ten points per liter if you take advantage of those promotions. So I would say you can easily, like someone someone really uh, disciplined and careful, they're looking at earning easily 10 to 15 points per liter. That's really, really good. So what types of Amex cards do you have in Australia? Because in the US, we have Amex Platinum, Amex Gold, Amex Green, variety of colors and metals for American Express. Do you have similar cards or a completely different suite of cards? We have some of the same cards as you have, but then we also have some other cards. So we've got the platinum, gold, green. Mind you, the earnings rate is not the same. So our platinum card just earns 2.25 points per dollar everywhere. There are no bonus categories. Oh, in the US, we get five points per dollar on flights, five per five points per dollar on hotels. Does your Amex Platinum come with a lot of the different credits, such as $15 in Uber every month or shopping credits at Saks? Unfortunately not. What it does come with. You don't have any of it. We don't have these okay. uh, $10 uh, you know, Uber Eats and, and some of the other stuff that you have. What we have is actually, so first of all, the annual fee on our Platinum card is $1,450. So it's way more expensive than than the US platinum. In the US it's $550 per year and everybody already kind of gasps at that price where they think $550 
an annual fees for a credit card must be really hard to make it worth it. How do you justify more than a thousand dollars of annual fees? Yeah, so it's a little bit different. It it sounds like it's very expensive, but it's not really that expensive. So we pay one thousand four hundred and fifty dollars in fees. Now the platinum card here in in Australia actually comes with a companion card called the platinum reserve. The platinum itself comes with a four hundred and fifty dollars travel credit that you can use uh, to pay for flights, uh, hotels, car hire, experiences, tours, you name it. You know, everything that's available on Amex Travel, you can, uh, it's it's not uh, it's not the airline fee credit that you guys have. It's just a, a straight travel credit, something that you get on your Chase cards, I believe. Yes, the Chase Sapphire Reserve has a similar $300 travel credit. So it covers anything that, does yours cover like you said, cruises or tour guides or sometimes even parking and public transit? Does that get covered? It doesn't cover the transit uh, or parking, but it does. You, you can you can pay for your flights, hotels, car hire, tours and experiences, which includes cruises. So it's I think it's a, it's not a bad it's not a bad uh, not not a bad deal. So the platinum card itself comes with a four hundred and fifty dollar credit. And then the companion card, which I mentioned, Platinum Reserve, which is a free card with the Platinum card, has its own $400 travel credit. So by the time you add both, you're looking at $850 in travel credit. So suddenly that $1,450 annual fee, I mean, it depends. Some people would argue that the travel credit is not on par with So you can't give like a one-to-one valuation. But it depends. But personally, I've always been able to, to to use it to the max. To me, the, the travel credits, they bring the annual fee down to just $600 a year. And that's Australian dollars. And does your Amex Platinum card also come with the lounge access? Because I know that's the pretty much the reason a lot of people value it so highly in the United States is it gets us access to Centurion lounges and a lot of other airport lounges around the world. Is that the case in Australia yep, as well? Absolutely. It, uh, so in terms of the perks, except for the Uber Eats credit uh, and some of the other stuff that you have, um, it's exactly the same. So we have access to all the Amex lounges, including all the Centurion lounges. So there's an Amex lounge at Sydney Airport, there's one at Melbourne Airport, and they're building one at Brisbane Airport. Uh, so, so this is within Australia. And then wherever there's an Amex lounge, you can access it. So I've used my platinum card to get into uh, the Centurion Lounge at Hong Kong. Uh, I've used uh, my card to access Amex lounges in India. Then on top of that, it also comes with the the Priority Pass membership. And the platinum card here gives you two platinum uh, Priority Pass memberships. And on each of those memberships, you are able to take two guests with you. Uh, And there's no cap on the number of times you can you can use that um so i think uh, th- that's that's a pretty pretty hefty benefit then unlike us where you have to pay for authorized users in australia you can have up to four additional cards for free and those additional card members get pretty much everything except for the travel credit they get all the other benefits including all the you know various types of insurance, lounge access. We also have access to the fine hotels and resorts program, like, like the one in US. We also have access to the biggest uh, financial 
newspaper in Australia. It's called Australian Financial Review. And the platinum cards and the platinum card comes with a free digital annual subscri- subscription of that newspaper, and that's worth about seven hundred dollars a year for a newspaper yep. subscription. Uh, and people read it pretty religiously. Well, it's it's not the normal New York Times type. It's it's more like you know the the financial type news. So a lot of people who have platinum cards, they are corporates. they are business travelers so that's something which i know is very highly valued by the platinum members here in australia that's amazing because in the us the american express platinum card comes with a subscription to departures magazine which i like to joke is the most useless of the american express perks because nobody actually reads this magazine it's just a magazine of very very expensive luxury goods and i have no understanding of high fashion so it's always this strange looking off shoulder fur coat sweater that costs $1500 and i'm just thinking who buys this do people is is the thought that people will use their amex platinum card to buy this strange sweater but i'm so glad that in australia what you're getting instead is a subscription to a to financial literature which people actually read and value. Yep, yeah, and if you actually went and paid for that subscription it's $700 a year. So I personally find it really valuable and I know a lot of people a uh, lot a lot of other people do. By the way, we also get the departures magazine and I completely agree with what you said about it. <laughs> it's so useful. Yeah. So I think I've gone over all the major benefits of the platinum card. Like I said a lot of people you know get the sticker shock they think it's a very expensive card but if you if for someone who's actually using it it's amazing how much value you can get you can get out of it like for for like when someone asks me should they get it and you know how do I justify and uh, the annual fee I just tell them look I pay $1450 but I believe I easily get 5 to 6000 worth of value out of it so it's a keeper for me So with all of the different lounge access that you get with your American Express card what is your favorite lounge that you've ever gotten to travel to and get to? The my personal favorite is a lounge which is actually not accessible by the Amex Platinum my my all time favorite lounge is the Plaza Plaza Premium First Lounge at Hong Kong Airport if you get a chance I highly recommend you check it out and same thing like if you're if your listeners uh, ever find themselves at uh, at hong kong airport def- definitely check it out the plaza premium membership that that comes with the amex platinum card doesn't include the pla- uh, the plaza premium first lounges as i'm i'm sure you you would be in, and your listeners would be aware of it so you can't access the plaza premium first lounge on that on your platinum card uh, the only reason I was able to get in because I was flying Virgin Atlantic from Hong Kong to London. Virgin Atlantic uh, invite their um, business class customers to, you know, to to spend some time at the Plaza Premium first before the flight. In terms of the good, uh, the, like uh, a really good lounge on the Platinum card, um, I think the lounge at Sydney, <laughs> the Amex lounge at Sydney Airport is pretty good. We had an old Amex lounge which uh, was tiny and, and cramped, but last year they closed that one and opened a brand new facility which is like much bigger and a lot more spacious. So, if you're ever in Sydney, make sure you check it out. Nice. And so the the Hong Kong flight, 
Was this first class flight a points redemption or was this for work or was this something else? Uh, Virgin Atlantic don't do first class. So they call their business class cabin as upper class. So it was a yeah, it was an upper class flight. It wasn't like a work travel. It, it was just leisure. A lot of people in from Australia, they, they fly to UK uh, because Australia and UK have very close connections. And because Virgin uh, Atlantic and Virgin Australia are also partners, I was actually able to redeem uh, one set of points for both flights. So I flew from Sydney to Hong Kong on Virgin Australia and then from Hong Kong to London on Virgin Atlantic. And I used my, I could redeem the Virgin Atlantic flying club miles, but I actually, in this instance, I redeemed my uh, velocity points, which is the Virgin Australia currency. Really cool. Okay. So I've never even heard of the velocity points because I don't fly Virgin very often here in the United States. Is this, you transferred this from your American Express card to the Virgin program or how did you do the point setup for this? So Virgin Australia and Virgin Atlantic are two different airlines. Velocity points is actually the currency of the Virgin Australia airline, not the Virgin Atlantic. The Virgin Atlantic currency is called, well, was called uh, flying club miles, but now they only, I think recently they changed it and now it's, now they just call it Virgin points. Um, Yes. Virgin Australia is one of the airline partners of the Amex American Express membership rewards program in Australia. So you can transfer those those points um, from your Amex card to, to, to Velocity. However, because someone living in Australia, they have so many opportunities to earn Velocity points. I don't really recommend people do that. They're better off saving their Amex points for you know, fly, to, to fly, for example, Singapore Airlines or Emirates or, or Asia or um, Cathay Pacific. Because Qantas points and, ve- and velocity points, they are really, really easy to earn. Like they've got so many partners here. My personal recommendation has, has always been that people use their Amex points for some of the other um, airlines because their points are much harder to earn. How do people normally earn velocity points? Is this another one of the grocery partnership things? Is it just shopping malls? Just what kind of partners do they have around? So they have, yeah, they had uh, a fuel partner. I don't know uh, how familiar you are with Virgin Australia. Virgin Australia actually collapsed in March and they went into administration, which is which is what you call chapter 11 uh, in US. So prior to that, they had a fuel partner, but they've lost, the full, they've, they've lost their fuel partner uh, at the start of the year. They've been trying to come out of the administration from March up until now. They're very, very close. I think uh, over the next two or three weeks, um, they will come out of the administration and then, you know, hopefully they will pick up a new fuel partner. Uh, In terms of earning velocity points, uh, one of the great places is to actually start with their own shopping portal. Um, Just log, you know, log into your velocity account um jump on the on the on the shop, shopping portal which is called velocity e-store and they have hundreds of partners literally hundreds and hundreds of partners like anytime i have to buy something before even i uh, go anywhere i actually jump on my uh, velocity account and i check if if this particular business is a partner and more often than not it is and with these partners you can earn anywhere between Two points per dollar 
to about 15 points per dollar. Shopping portals is such a smart strategy too. We have many different shopping portals in the US. Rakuten is one of the most popular ones. We have Wikibuy, a lot of different shopping partners and portals in the United States. You Pretty much every airline has their own where there's JetBlue and United and Southwest. They all have their own shopping portals as well. Your main one is the Velocity one or are there other popular shopping portals in Australia as well? No, we don't have I personally do. Like I said, I have US US cards, so I am on Rakuten. I and I can tell you, I I took I I really took advantage of the 6.5% on Marriott uh, bookings recently. I think it's ended now, but while it was on, I I went crazy. Uh, So Virgin Australia, they have their own portal and then Qantas. Qantas is the biggest player. Virgin Australia is a much smaller player. They have their own portal as well and they have many, many partners as well. The earnings rate is similar. You know, you you start with uh, uh, two points per dollar and you can earn anywhere up to sort of 15 points per dollar. Um, So those are like, like the biggest earners. Then the other ways to earn these points is both of these airlines have tied up with insurance companies. So if you take out a car insurance, you you get like a sign-up bonus. It could be 30,000 Qantas points or, you know, 50,000 Qantas points. And then when you pay your premiums, you again earn one or two points per dollar, depending on the level of level of your cover. And, and that's true for car insurance, home insurance, contents insurance, health, uh, private health insurance, you name it. Because you can pay for all the premiums on credit card, and then yep, so you can double dip them. So you can you can yeah, it's very yep. similar to us too. Um, so literally, like you don't even have to really make a lot of effort. And I think anybody who's even half serious about this about the points and miles, they can easily rack up hundreds of thousands of points without blowing their budget or spending a lot of money that they didn't intend on spending in the first place. It's just about strategically allocating what you were already going to buy through shopping portals and onto credit cards that will earn them a lot of points and stacking with different members as well. So have you been able to get a lot of your friends and family in Australia? (laughs) Uh, You funny you ask that because uh, so I work in financial services. That's my day job. Points HQ is just my hobby. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't pay my bills. So at my my day job where I work in financial services, I remember until like three or four years ago, nobody traveled. It was like crazy. Uh, and then once I got into it, I introduced some of the other my other colleagues into it. And now there's a running joke that uh, the the financial services team they they don't do economy class anymore. So every single person in my team, I've hooked them, I've got them hooked. They've all got their own cards. They're all, and they've all took it on really, really well. I wasn't expecting them. A lot. Of, I know at least uh, two of them had their European trip booked for August, which they had to cancel because of COVID. And they paid for their flights, hotels, everything. They paid with point. So, yep, you can say that. I have got uh, a lot of people hooked onto it. That's excellent. I feel like whenever. I try to tell any of my fa- friends or family about it outside of the travel hacking community in the United States. Everyone is so skeptical of whether this is going to work for them and is it going to lead them down this deep, dark path where it's going to destroy their credit score? 
Are they going to rack up a whole bunch of debt that they can't climb out of? And then it's a process to explain to people, no, but as long as you follow the general guidelines and these rules and you pay off everything in full each month and you don't carry it over a balance so you can avoid interest payments, you will be fine. Do you have to have the same conversation in Australia as well? With oh, yeah, absolutely. Countless market? times. I mean, the, the ones that I mentioned were the ones that work with me every day. I, I see them every day in the office. So they know that I have been using my points and miles to fly all over the world and, you know, stay at these properties, which if you were paying cash would be like $2,000 a night. So because they've seen me do it, it was easier to convince them. But when you meet someone new who've never, uh, you know, been exposed to, to, to the points and miles universe, it is hard convincing them because they think it's all a scam. It's a racket. They don't think it's possible. But... I think even the even the harshest of skeptics, once they have tasted it, once they've flown their first, uh, you know, Emirates business or first class, uh, where you know, fourteen-hour flight where they where they were served like a five-course meal and and they drank four hundred-dollar Krug champagne and they had a shower, it's hard to turn back. To be clear, for everyone, a shower in the plane. Yeah, absolutely. So once they've tasted it then there is no going back from it. And I've seen it with many, 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 many people. And then they have to tell all of their friends, guys, it's absolutely a real thing. I showered on a plane. I got five course meals. I had a lay down seat. I had something called the apartments, but on a plane because it had a bathroom and a bed on a plane. Yeah, it. I've seen this many times where somebody gets converted into the ways of travel hacking and then they have to tell everybody else as well. So it, it's always fun to watch and somebody go And, and the good thing about the Amex cards is that every time you refer someone, you earn, they earn some extra point. I don't know how the referral system works in uh, US um, because in Australia, what happens is, of course, if I refer someone, I get points, but then the person I refer, they would get extra. So for instance, if they apply directly on the American Express website and the sign-up bonus is say 80,000 points, but if they have been referred by someone, then they get an extra 10 to 20,000 points. Is it similar in US? Sometimes. Um, and I always tell people, make sure you're checking all the different offers that are out there. Because sometimes if you go through just Googling, I want to sign up for a Chase Sapphire Preferred, there's going to be one offer that Chase offers. And then if you're clicking through a blog link where you read about it, there could be a separate offer there. Or if you ask your friend about, hey, you have this card, you have a referral link I could use, that might be a third different offer. So it's never strictly better or worse compared to if you just search outright for the card. It's always best to shop around and see what different links and what different referral bonuses totally. can get you. Yep. Going back to how people get converted and can never get can never go back once they've experienced their first business class or first class flight. Can you tell us about your first experience with that? And what was it like? Where were you going? Tell us about that. Uh, it was a pretty mundane Sydney to Singapore business class on uh, one of their older aircrafts. I think it was a 777, which they don't fly to Australia anymore. All, their, all the planes that fly uh, into Australia are either the Airbus 350s or the 380s. They don't do 777s. But look, I hadn't, like I said, up until that point, I had only seen a business class cabin on, on a movie or 
in a magazine uh, i had never experienced it myself so even though it was a uh, even though the 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 hard product wasn't the the most cutting edge i would for me it was amazing so uh, it was uh, uh, yeah it was from sydney to singapore uh, overnight flight it was just amazing i will never forget that so what was the best travel hacking redemption uh, i actually had i've had one but i I'll, i'll tell you about two incidents because the second one is really interesting um so i consider my best value redemption uh when i redeemed 40000 united miles to fly from hong kong uh to bangkok to sydney on thai airways first class that was just yes insane value what 40000 yeah. uh i think uh, i think there was a very elderly gentleman because i was in 1a and and this gentleman was in 1b i had i if I, it was many years ago but if i remember correctly uh he because he was he was he was flying for business i think the 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 cash price was more than $6000 for the one way flight oh my goodness yes it's uh, 40000 united miles uh since then they've devalued it so you can't get that you can't fly that route unfortunately for 40000 miles anymore i think they've jacked it up to 65000 or 70000 i think united don't have fixed charts anymore do they now it's all dynamic so yeah so that was that was yes. a great redemption um i spent some time in the thai airways first class lounge in bangkok which is really good massage and you know they they just they just sort of they they look after you so well they they just treat you so well so that was a that was a great flight my second incident that i uh, it's it's not something which happens all the time but i just thought you know it's something interesting which happens so i should mention it avyanka life miles i value their their miles quite highly because a their redemption rates are quite reasonable and b they don't hit you with insane surcharge like for instance british british airways but the problem with life miles is that their website i think they've got a new website now they changed it about 2 years ago but when i actually made this redemption 3 or 4 years ago their website was really bad it would crash your credit card payment will go through and then it won't generate the tickets it was a nightmare so what happened was i was trying to redeem some of my fly, uh, life miles and the the website just wouldn't work so i ended up calling if you have you ever called the uh, uh, the avianca call center there in colombia it's a nightmare because a most people can't speak english and b the ones who can their accent is really hard to understand so i ended up calling and uh, the after spending like close to an hour the guy said okay yeah fine I've, i've done the redemption and uh, i'll deduct the miles manually i said okay fine so i got the ticket i flew the route and then you know a few months later I'm, i just logged into my account and i said, my, my miles are still there they haven't taken it and i thought maybe you know maybe they forgot about it and you know when when they run the audit uh, when they do some kind of like a review then they'll take it off not to cut long story short they never took the miles off and and i had a free business class flight uh this was uh from where to where where was i going i can't remember um it was 50000 miles 
which they never deducted. I might have been going to Japan or somewhere else. I can't remember honestly, but it was so good. So you got a completely yep. free, completely free business class flight. Just was it round day. trip? The whole thing was free, or just one day? So the tip that comes out of all of this is try calling your airline and seeing what happens, rather than just going straight through the internet. For especially airlines like this, I've never called Avianca. I don't know if I've ever flown Avianca, but I have had to call Iberia before because their website is god awful. But a nice person who was able to. They did deduct my miles, um, yeah, in, in order to do a business class redemption as well. So sometimes it does just pay to, to call an airline yep. and then see what they can do for you from there. But that is a uh, business story. class. <laughs> Free first class flight. Business <laughs> class flight. No. Nah. Still does not get nah. too much better. And uh, you know what? Like, their airlines rip you off all the time. So even though I felt a little bit guilty, I never called them and told them what had happened. I don't know if most people would call. Like, you forgot to charge me for my business class flight. I think, I think most people would probably let it go as well and just assume that we'll catch yep. it or something eventually. Well, I don't know if we can top that story. So maybe we can wrap up with the last few questions. So, what would you say is your best one-liner, best piece of travel hacking advice? Don't be for afraid listeners? of the annual fees. I cannot tell you the yeah. I cannot tell you how many oh, times. Yeah. People want a card, but then when they hear the annual fee, it's an it's an instant put off. It's like some kind of mental block they can't get past. There is a and I just tell people there is a reason that there is a that there are plenty of cards out there which are free, and then there are cards which have an annual fee. So obviously there's a reason why certain cards have a fee and others don't. Don't don't get put off by just looking at the annual fee because, like I said. For a you know a three hundred dollar annual fee card, you would you mind if you would you mind the three hundred dollars in annual fee if you were getting two two and a half or three thousand dollars worth of value out of it every year? Absolutely, I think so many people have just heard the lesson of you need to avoid credit card fees, try to avoid paying fees, and really an updated version of that message is you need to do the math and make sure that the value you get out of a card or really anything that you're paying for in life that you can justify what that costs with the benefits that you're getting out of 100%. It for the cost that you're paying. Such a good tip. Okay. And then I like to do a travel hacking shout out at the end of each episode. Can you nominate a person whose travel hacking advice you have found to be very, very excellent and that you yep. can be? Um, can I just recommend uh, the points engineer? I think his name is Kayado, but his IG handle is at the points engineer i've seen uh, i've seen him so i've been following him like we've both been following each other from the time when he had barely you know a couple of hundred followers but the way he has grown i've seen him go from 2 3 400 followers to i think he's close to like 15000 followers but it's not just the number of followers it's what he's what he does and how he earns his points how he redeems his points Every he's taken a lot of trips where he's easily, uh, you know, got ten, twenty thousand dollars worth of value out of that one trip just on points and miles, and he's done plenty of those. So, can I just give a shout out to the points engineer? And if you ever have him on your on your pod, I would love to hear him. 
Absolutely. I think you're actually the second person who's nominated him too. And I've gotten to hang out with Coyote before just in New York one time. And he's absolutely fascinating to talk to. I try to DM him every so often being like, please come on the podcast. I'm still trying because he's a very busy person, but I will, I will let him know to give the people what they want <laughs> to come onto the podcast and share all of his knowledge. Okay. And yep. So Instagram, you can find Points can HQ find on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, and then I have my own blog, which is pointshq.com.au. Try and update it sort of once a week. And I write mainly on points and miles. I also do uh, a lot of uh, hotel reviews, flight reviews, airport lounge reviews. So, you know, hopefully some of your listeners might find it beneficial. Perfect. And I think it's always just interesting as well to compare the different points and miles programs from the US to Canada to the UK to Australia and anywhere else that it's available. So I always totally I enjoy that aspect as well. Thank you so much, Rohit, for coming on the show today. Thank it's you very much, Julia. It's been uh, it's been an honor you. on your to be on your show, and uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll we'll see each other on uh, Instagram. You too, and have a good weekend. Sounds good. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If you want in on the mission of spreading the joys of the travel hacking lifestyle, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. Additionally, if any of the cards mentioned on today's call piqued your interest, please use the links in the show notes to apply or learn more about any of the cards. And if you would like some personalized help with your travel hacking strategy, I do offer coaching services at a very affordable rate, starting with a free 30-minute call. Just pick a time that works for you at calendly.com slash geobreeze, and I'll talk to you soon. Take care and happy travels.